Yo. What up, what up, what up? Yeah, welcome to the Carbon Footprint. Once again, episode four. No, I think it's five now. Is it five? Yeah, man. It is episode five. I think five? you're right. I lost count. I don't but know. But you know what? And 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 we'll you know, we name these things after the fact, which is always great, right? It's awesome. They have no <laughs> they have no meaning. <laughs> just like, this just tells everybody that we have no idea what we're doing or what we're gonna talk about when we get together. But we just never run out of stuff to talk about. Nope. Yeah. So you just pour out a glass of wine. Got a little another cab today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is, good. what is this? I got it from Publix. Shout out to Publix. It is Francis Capola. I probably just butchered that name. <laughs> it is a Cabernet Sauvignon. Is that the director? Francis Coppola? Is that the director? <laughs> I don't know. Could be. See, this might is, be his. Might be his vineyard out there. Y'all gotta there, forgive right? us, man. We reekin. Reekins ain't like yeah. connoisseurs of wine. We not high end like that, but we're trying to be. <laughs> Listen, it was like seventeen dollars. So I think. I think. I think it's okay. Shit. Yeah, it better be. Damn, for seventeen dollars. <laughs> all right, man. Yo, this week, man, a lot of stuff been going on in, in the news and social media and all this. You know, I know last week we talked about the the George Floyd thing, and um, and and this week has. Has I, I almost think like we're sort of moving past. It's, it's, it's obviously a lot bigger than George Floyd. Yeah. Um, we had some. We had some. Some. Some donkeys of the week, if you will, make some <laughs> yeah. comments, man. And I'm like, steal a little something from Charlemagne for real, right? Charlemagne, shout out to that, shout out to that crew. Which, you know, with the new segment of Carbon Footprint, I think the donkeys is just as good as that. That that's a footprint. This we is true. Leave out. Yeah, yeah. This, this is true. This yeah. is true. We gotta leave that for later. We'll leave that for later, man. That's a teaser. That's a teaser in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> but let me start off with what Drew Brees. Oof, right? Drew Brees comes out and is like, "Oh, it's the disrespect to the American flag," right? And he go, he kind of goes off on this little this little thing, and 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 I, immediately, man, I'm like, "Wow!" Like you work with a lot of black people. Yep. You could have at least reached out to somebody and said, "Hey, I think this is what this is about." Like, am I am I on the right track? School me real yeah, quick right. on what this means, because you know, yeah. Am I on the right track or not? Before I blast this shit out to 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 God and country, and it's just like, man, like it is not about like you know when people thought the uh, that Colin Kaepernick was was uh, kneeling for. You know, during national anthem, that it was sort of like a, a protest against the country, and it's, and it's damn it, it's like I just want to shake somebody. Man. It's not about that. Stop it. And it's and it's coming from. And I remember when it first happened, I asked you how you felt because you're a veteran, right? So I think one of the first things people always go to, like, oh, the veterans, the veterans, and um, and I think I remember asking you, like, yo, do you find that offensive? Because I don't, but you know, because again, I think. And so my perspective of it is as a veteran, you fought for people to have that same right to be able to do that. Right. Absolutely, so. man. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Like it never because I knew like he said it. They asked him, why are you doing it? And he's like, yo, I'm I'm kneeling because of all of the 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 the. Uh, what word am I looking for, man? It's it's all of the like like the police brutality, yeah, like the against, systemic oppression, right? by the, the systemic the, racism that exists in this country. And it's like, OK, so that's it. It's nothing against the troops. It's nothing against the flag. It's nothing against the country as a whole. It's that there's some crap going on in the country that needs to be addressed. And, you know, he had a, a, a pedestal, if you will, right? Being on TV, being a, a, a star for, for a pretty good football team at the time. 
and a couple years removed from a Super Bowl appearance, right? Absolutely. Yep. And 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 so he just used that platform to go, you know, like he probably felt like no one else is talking about this. And I think it's pretty friggin' important. Yep. So I'm gonna take a knee and this is what it's for. And then you have a lot of people coming out going, Oh, well, you know, the veterans and my, you know, my my father, my grandfather died for, you know, fighting for this country. And I was like, yeah, dude, it is not about that. Stop it. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy how the narrative. But I think that's what people get when when they don't agree. Right. You have to shift the narrative to something else just to take the attention away from what it was, because no one said, well, why? Right. It was always a, what a disrespect to the flag. And then the the purpose of it was completely lost. And then I'm pretty sure um, the other thing that gets lost in that is that Colin um, so the story goes is that he consulted with uh, with uh, military members or someone from the military and he said he wanted to sit and they go uh, and he goes, but uh, how would you take that? And the guy goes, don't sit. He goes, take a knee because a knee is a kind of a sign of respect. You know, in sports, someone gets hurt. People take a knee. He goes, take a knee because it's still respectful. But if you sit down, then it looks like a blatant kind of disrespect to it. And I think he took that and went, "Okay, this is a veteran telling me that I'm going to take a knee. I won't just sit because his initial idea, he said he was I was just going to sit. I was just not going to participate in it um, because I didn't feel like it was for me. Uh, So, yeah. So then to see Drew Brees, man, I think one of the things that shocked me was that it's true breeze, right? You go, uh, he's beloved. It's New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans is predominantly black, right? You, 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 that city holds him to such a high regard because he has done a lot for that community. Right. I mean, he came in right after Katrina, right? And they, I mean, played, you know, phenomenal football. They won a Super Bowl, right? And so, yeah, he's, he's held in high regard in that city, but how do you play for that city? And how do you, how do you, how are you part of an organization that is, predominantly black employees and i'm gonna say this about the nfl predominantly black employees and like you don't you don't ask the question like it never it never came to yeah, you like to go conversation like, hey, never right. happened yeah 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 during these you know three or four years or whatever like the, no one said like you know he didn't approach a teammate and go hey man how do you feel how do you you know i would think man but and so it's funny man when, when he apologizes i immediately go to oh he's trying to say face because you know here go the endorsements here because this is the first time i will say you know last week i said something that i didn't i didn't think this was going to change in our lifetime i felt like we were 100 years away you know but I've seen this might be the movement that at least pushes it in the right direction. And I think change will come from this. And you saw it this week from all these corporations who backed it, who publicly have never backed this. Right. So I, I saw that. And I immediately thought like, uh, Drew, man, you're just trying to save face now. And, um, you know, not, it's disingenuous, I felt like. Right. So he's just apologizing because he's trying to save face because of the backlash. And then I thought about it, and and I think you know one of the things I went back to was you know I, I'll never say that Drew's a racist because I think his resume speaks for itself. You know, the things that he has done for New Orleans post Katrina, I don't think you I don't think a bad moment right erases everything that he did, but it, it but it almost did because he wasn't smart enough to go. Let me have a conversation with someone who who really knows. And so I remember thinking about it going. Uh, from from everything we know about Drew Brees, right? Because we don't really know him, but he seems like a genuine person. He seems like a nice guy. And and then I heard about the conversation he had with Shannon Sharp. And I don't know. And and I felt like okay, that was him reaching out to someone who who blasted him because Shannon Sharp didn't hold any punches, rightfully so. Um, and for Drew Brees to reach out to go, hey, I, I want to have a conversation about this. And you know, story goes he had a conversation. Shannon and and then Drew tells him, hey, you know, I I, I spoke to teammates. I'm speaking to you. I spoke to everyone. I just didn't get it. And I, and I shifted away. And then I saw him tweet at the president and I went, wow, Drew's trying really hard. 
<laughs> Damn. And then <laughs> I was like, jeez. I'm like, Drew, how many did you lose? <laughs> I was like, now you're willing to stuff it at Trump after he defended you and then goes, yeah. It was wild, man. But I, I do think he's remorseful. I It sucks that it took that for Drew, I think, to get on the same page because I think Drew's looked at differently than other NFL quarterbacks, right? I think be, because of the city he's in, people thought, man, if you can get Drew – who's this all-American white boy, right? And, and he has an all-American family. And, and, you know, if you can get him on your side, this is huge for the movement. And then I think that's what made it so disappointing initially was that people just went, oh, yeah, man, right. like, damn it, Drew. <laughs> you got nothing but black people yeah. around you. Can you at least ask a few of them? Like, how many white guys caught passes from you? <laughs> like... <laughs> Your level of support should I be think based was, on a percentage of catches from white boys. I think it was the other quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Taysom Hill. Dude, I, I'm like, come on, Drew. Uh, All but. right, man. The, the, the second idiot of the week, <laughs> Jake Fromm. So for those uh, of you, I mean, and I know we have some listeners, and I know there's, I know there's not many of you, but um, this is a guy that played quarterback for, um, for the University of Georgia. And and recently got drafted by I believe the Buffalo Bills. Bills, yep. All right. So this guy, they, somebody, one of his like female acquaintances, pulls back a tweet from last year that basically says, his opinion on gun control is you should make guns really expensive so that only elite white people can buy them. Like it wasn't just elite people. Elite white people. Like, listen, this kid grew up in Georgia. Um, and I don't, and I, I forget, I forget where it is, but. It's not Atlanta. It's probably right, yeah, somewhat it's, racist. <laughs> it's just going to go and out I, on a limb. And listen, and, and, and I hear you. You know what? And I actually looked, and I actually looked it up. I don't remember the name of the town, man, but, and I don't want to shout, shout out the town anyway. anyway. But um, the demographics seem to have their fair share of blacks there, right? Um, don't know if that black community is is you know it does does well or not. Like I, I don't know, so I don't want to make any speculation about that. But when we think about the deep south, right? Like you think about you think about the Georgia, you think about Alabama, and and so you, I get this picture in my head of of the kind of environment that this kid grew up in. Of the get her done boys. Yes, <laughs> I'll it's, say it. It's like dude. It's like the what? And I don't even remember the guy's name. The 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 NASCAR guy. A few oh. what? Like a month ago, probably now, right? Maybe even maybe even longer. I don't even know his name because he wasn't even that famous. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, like, this is who you are, yeah. and 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 these are the kind of these are the kind of statements that 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 you make around the people in which you spend time with, and and again. This guy, like you're going into an organization that has, which you're an employee, that has predominantly black employees. And, and for you to have that mindset. And those it, guys contribute to your success, right? Because you think about uh, from at Georgia. Again, the, the how team. many passes are being caught by white guys? You know what I'm saying? Like, like his entire success has been based on having top-notch talent around him, mostly African-American top-notch talent around him. And he just throws the ball and, they, and they're there. And there's just so, um, I guess, so much better, right? The talent level around him is so much better than most other schools that he would play because, you know, college football is all screwed up. They play like, like tech schools and whatever. But like... 
his success is is pretty much on those guys back right like jake Fromm isn't good enough to go i carried this like jake Fromm isn't tom brady jake Fromm isn't uh peyton manning jake Fromm is not like I, I don't know from a talent perspective there's a reason why buffalo drafted him to be a backup right so oh that's true you know what, I mean? <laughs> you know what that. i'm saying like, that's true he was jake Fromm, man like he was actually but he was actually a top-notch QB in in college during his day. Man, I never give anybody from the SEC credit as a quarterback. Because the SEC is so much better from a talent perspective, I think, at every other um, position. Uh, position. Yeah, that to me, in the SEC, like any of us can throw a ball to the edge. And as long as you can throw it over 20 yards and somebody can... I mean, Tim Tebow, prime example. Tim Tebow can throw a football to save his life, but he has the talent around him. And as a leader, I will give Tim Tebow credit. Tim Tebow was a tremendous leader. He's a guy that you want in that locker room. He would, you know, you'd run through a brick wall for Tim Tebow, but from a pure athletic talent perspective, Tim Tebow wasn't very athletic, wasn't very talented, um, but he had very well, he was, talented He was athletic. People. He just didn't really have a good... His throw. For his position of the of quarterback, like he probably would have done much better as like a fullback or something. Yeah, but he had uh, Percy Harvin, right? He had Aaron Hernandez, like murdering people on the field and off the field, <laughs> like just they were just going in. Like, like, dude, did you see? <laughs> and and yes, I digress. Did you see? Did you Don't see? Did you see that 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 special? I on, on Netflix. Not all of it. No. All right, so we're not gonna yeah. talk about it, man. You have to watch it, dude, because and you're talking about you know, and we talked, I think last week about empathy. Right, and matter of fact, I think the title of our, of our yep. podcast was "God Empathy." Okay, yep. Like, you look at this guy's life. It's a, it's a it's a really good, um, it's a really good portrayal of of his life and and his upbringing and 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 what he went through. And there's some things on there that that, that you don't know that that sort of may or may not be true, right? But 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 when you throw him in the mix, you go like, "Damn!" Like this dude had it pretty rough. Like, you know. And I don't want to say no one is like killing people, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, again, yeah. watch it. Most people would catch a body or two under the under those circumstances. <laughs> I yeah, I, I have heard a little bit about the the special and then his background, so I do. Um, yeah, man, I, I I am empathetic to that. I, there's always a part of me though, man, that goes you are not responsible for how you were raised and how you grew up, but you are absolutely responsible for how you, the decisions that you make as an adult to get help and to do that. Where I did feel bad for him was, I felt in a sense that he was reaching out for help, even when he got to New England, and people were just like, can you catch a football? Can, can we put you in an apartment over here? Then maybe you just you know keep coming to catch footballs. Like, no one wanted to go put him like in therapy or whatever that was, and that was shitty because again, dollars right aaron hernandez meant dollars or meant wins wins meant dollars super bowl you know so um you know they put unfortunately they put that over his well-being um and again i think it goes to this whole like systemic thing right you're profiting again uh, from people who have been oppressed and who haven't been given the tools um and the same resources that everybody else has had and then they're shocked, quote unquote, when when something like this happens to Aaron Hernandez. But I think for most of us, like you and I, who who probably been around people like this our, uh, most of our lives, we go, eh, yeah, I saw that coming. You know, like not shocking. It's, yeah, you feel bad for him, man. But yeah, but going back to Jake Fromm, like yeah. I said, so he, so he's this guy, right? Gets gets drafted, and then now this shit comes out. What do you do? I right? drop him. I guess right. I drop because him. You you're go, a backup. I didn't I right. Didn't, if you got drafted as a backup. Now, even as a backup, let, let's let's be clear. Backups in the NFL make a lot of money. Yep. So he was whether he's going to start or not. Obviously, he wouldn't maybe wouldn't have had the, as as lucrative career as he could have had as as a starter. But the guy was 
he's going to be taken care of. And, oh, yeah. And, and as a backup, right I mean, your, your, your tenure in the NFL is, is, has the potential to be much longer if you're a decent backup, right? If you can, if you can back the, the star up, you know, good for you. But now he goes to Buffalo and he doesn't, you know, he, he, he goes with this baggage and you go, if this brings bad press, you just it, cut him. Do I need a guy in my locker room like that as a backup? Like, what, there's no upside. Right. He's not even the guy. He's not even the guy, right? So I didn't spend a first-round pick, which, by the way, I just looked it up. So uh, Jake Fromm, four-year, $3.6 million deal, and they gave him 303 as a signing bonus, right? So that's a lot of money. I don't know if he has to pay back that signing bonus if they cut him now. Um, but it's a lot of money to give to a guy like that. Is, three, is, the, is guy. the three mil guaranteed? 3.6. Uh doesn't say if it's guaranteed. Because you know those contracts aren't guaranteed. Yeah, let's see. So so let's say it's not guaranteed, right? This dude loses out on $3 million. Uh, no, actually, the guaranteed money is only that signing bonus. There you go. 300, so, 3K, yeah. So he makes, you know, a, 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 a good, say, first-year salary but with his, with his 300K. Right, a, a good layman's yeah. salary, right? And 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 listen, when I'm not I'm not uppity, I do not make three hundred grand. So <laughs> let's let's get that clear. But in relation to what some of those guys get and and what right. they spend and whatever, yeah, yeah, not a lot of money. But, but he loses out on three million dollars. That's a lot of money for a lot of people, and 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 he could have used that to set himself up to keep him obviously to 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 make his uh, career longer. Um, and if not, if it only lasts those those few years, then hey, you got your three million dollars. You make some smart investments, and you're in a good place. And for making a dumbass comment, and then it, it, it and I talk to my kids about this all the time. When you put shit on social media, it's there forever. Yep. And it's like, man, just be a little smart about it, you know? Yeah. And inevitably, you know, we've all said or done dumb shit. I know I oh, for sure oh, yeah. have. Um, there's th- definitely something out there on the internet. I think it's since you started this. <laughs> since this. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's definitely a tweet or, or, or a Facebook post that'll come back to bite me in the ass at some point in time. Um, for sure. But, yeah, I think what, so what you, you have to be willing to live with the consequences of that, right? Like, there's freedom of speech. There isn't freedom of the consequence, right? And everybody makes their own you know, I guess decisions based on whether or not you want to keep Jake from around. I think, you know, it's funny is that people want to censor racist. I don't, man. I'm like, hey, give him a platform because then we know who you are, where you are. And then I can make a decision on whether or not I want to associate with you. Right. Whether that be from a business perspective, as a friend, whatever. I'm like, no, let him. Like, I don't want I don't want you to censor them. I want him to be out in the open to come out and then let society then make that decision on whether or not I'm going to shop at your store. You know, uh, I want to be friends with you. I want to go to dinner, whatever. Let the market, let the market decide. And you know, we talked about that. Remember a few weeks ago where we said, Hey, the dollars, let, let people vote with the dollars. And I promise this will change. And, and I think that's what you're seeing over this last week is that. So there was a movement initially that people just started posting black owned businesses in your town. Like uh, I know for Orlando, there was a uh, black owned restaurants and black owned hair salons and this and that. And I think corporate America went, Oh shit. Like, and I think that's why I think some of it is genuine for sure. I think that's also why these people were so driven. You saw these large corporations giving a ridiculous amount of money. And I think they were going, Oh wow. Yeah. If these people do decide to say, I'm not buying from you anymore, this is a big hit. 
And now it makes it okay. I think because it's such a, the George Floyd thing, I think was just so egregious that people said, oh, okay, if I don't speak out against this, then like, there's no excuse. There's like no you excuse. can't, like you literally watched the murder on tape, right? You, you it, like the, even, even I go, you don't even have to watch the video. If you listen to it, it hits you hard, right? Like if you just had the audio of that whole encounter, like it hits you hard. So I think that was, um, I'm hoping that, that, that I was wrong and that this does spark that change because i think it was different when you see it from this when, when you know in the past we've had video but maybe there wasn't the audio wasn't great or you didn't get the full story you didn't get whatever I, this one was different this one hit different and i think corporations saw that and went oh okay now we see what you guys are talking about like i, I think it'll because even cap's now being praised like you know good for yep. cap i think we're gonna look back at kaepernick and go like damn muhammad ali-esque um for this time frame like muhammad ali was hated when he was doing what he was doing back when he was doing it i wasn't alive um you know during the peak of the muhammad ali but we revere muhammad ali now but when you read about the history of that people hated him yep hated him because he 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 didn't go to the he didn't go to the draft and 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 it's funny because i like i've heard i've heard people that that were against the fact that he didn't that that he refused to be drafted um say things like Man, you know, and they would name, say, sort of some, some, uh, some, some white guy who was a famous white guy at the time, maybe a baseball player, and they go like, ah, you know, these guys, like they they got drafted, but then they got put in these really safe places, so he wasn't really gonna be on the front lines because he was a famous guy, whatever. But no, like he stood, he, you know, he stood up what he for 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 what he believed in, and 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 he held firm. And so, and 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 for that, what I mean, he missed what like four years of his career. Yeah. Yeah, of of prime career yeah. moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I think of that like Hogan drafted thing, and I'm like, I'm a coward, man. So I give credit to like you for joining the military because like I don't want to get shot at. You know, like and that's like, like the the idea. Like if there was a draft now, I'd probably try to figure out a way to get to Canada. You know, like it's just based on the fact that I'm like. I don't want to get shot at. I'm scared. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm soft, man. Like, I won't even take my trash out at night just in case there's, like, possums. Raccoons. So, yeah. So, and then I think about, like, someone like you who serve, right? And you go, do you want someone like me who's scared as hell, like, next to you? You know what? I'll tell you this, man. <laughs> and I didn't go into the military thinking, like, oh, like, I'm going to go to war. I'm going to get shot at. As a matter of fact, I went, the time that I went in was right after the 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 early Gulf War of uh, in the early nineties, right? So I went in ninety four. Um, but man, once once you get in there, that brotherhood that you that you bond, that you form with those with the guys that you serve with, and and you talk about from like all walks of life, um, I can honestly say that the majority of guys that today I still call my brothers are like guys that i would have never ever ever hung out with ever ever and yeah, right? you were so different you know what was funny man is that and you didn't there was there was a lot of times when you would get to know these guys and we're all wearing the same uniform right so so we're we're either in in school together or we work together or what have you but your first the the introduction to these guys are we're all wearing camouflage so i don't know like other than I might look at you and say, oh, okay, you're a Spanish guy, maybe, maybe you're, you know, maybe you're half black, half white, right? Like, oh, it's a white guy, it's a black guy, like, but we're all wearing the same uniform. So I have no idea what your tastes are, you know, I have no idea where you're from or anything. Your class, right? Nothing. Expensive bro. clothes, yes. cheap clothes. Uh, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And it is, I'll, I'll be honest, man, it is a shell shock 
the first time that you go out with these guys who you've developed this bond with and all of you come out dressed like you go <laughs> to the club, it is across the gamut, man. You got the guys from the hood, right? This is, this is in the, this is in the nineties, right? So you got the guys from like the hood that's kind of wearing the bag, you know, like like the baggy style, right? And then you get the then you get the Wrangler jeans with the cowboy hat, and it's like, and, and I look at these guys, I'm like, holy shit, like I do, I would have never, <laughs> right? Like I would look at you in the street, and you go like, no, like I, but no, like I'm not hanging out with that guy. Wow. But it just goes to show, man, that people are people. And 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 when you when you strip out when you strip off things like color and and obviously I still saw color there right but but it didn't really matter because we were all in the same shit together it was almost like growing up with people in the same neighborhood right where you, where you all are sort of like come from families that make like the same incomes and nobody really drives too much of a better car than the other person and you're all living in the same place you just grow up because this is the way life is. You go in there with these guys, man, and it's you're all going through the same shit together. And so you develop a bond. And then when I see you in plain clothes, even though it's kind of a shell shock, it's like, that's my guy. That's my guy. Yeah. So you've already built a rapport with them. And then now when you see what their background is or what they like, it doesn't go, matter. It doesn't matter, man. Yeah. I love that, man. And I think yeah, I have so much respect, again, for people who do that because, again, I don't. And I almost joined, actually, the Marines out of high school. I actually did. You know, the, the you, you know you spend the time with the recruiter and you do all that stuff. Um, they and, tell you lies. Yep. <laughs> and then this was right when, um, the, when we were getting into Fallujah and Iraq. So I would have been. And I remember asking, like, hey, man, what are the chances I get deployed? And the guy goes, like, very high. And, dude, like a coward, I was kind of like, oh, man, like, I don't know that I want to do that, right? Like, I don't know that I want to get shot at for. And then I think I wanted to go to, like, um, pilot school, and then it told me something about my vision. And I was like, all right, I don't want to do it if it's not that. Like, you were that. just shooting down your dreams. Yep. And I'm like, and I think I look for an excuse because, honestly, man, and, and I think you're right. I think once you're there and you build this rapport for guys, you go, like, I want to I want to be there for these guys. And I want to, like, I, I want to step up and elevate to there because you, you, you look at them as maybe, they're, oh, man, this guy's fearless. Like, he's willing to put it on the line right now. Um if you got deployed or something like that, because the last thing I want is a nervous guy next to me with a rifle, right? Like, and we're in a war zone. Um, and I and I just just thinking, man, like the guys who do that willingly, knowing that I'm like that's such a like a high level respect, man, from me because I go like I don't have it in me, man. Like to to I, I'm like, hey, can you find somebody bigger? Like I'm <laughs> I'm a tiny guy. I don't want me fighting for my freedom, <laughs> dude. To be and honest, I'm not that man. Small. <laughs> no, man. I I think that I think that even if if you went in. It is, it is literally like, it's, it's not, it's not that, oh, I'm going to fight for my country. When you are going into war and I have not been to war, right? But I know, I know the feeling of, of, you know, if, if my brothers were going and, 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 and I'll tell you, man, we really, and this is, and my wife can vouch for this, man, the, the family that we created or that, that, that was formed when we were in the military, if if any of those guys were going to war, there is no freaking way that I'm not going. That that that, that that's my family. That's your, yeah. It's like if it's like if your mom was go, you know, if someone is attacking your house and your mother grabs the the gun and goes outside, like the hell you're not going with her, right? Like yeah. you're going, and it is it is like that, dude. So it's not so much a oh, you know, like we're gonna go into war, and it's it's like hey, we're going like the 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 unit. Right. Like like my my brothers and my sisters and and you get to know like 
you get to know their spouses and their and their children. So it was really like a tight knit family. I remember before I got out, there was sort of um, some um, some scuttlebutt, if you will, which is basically like just like rumors that that we were gonna go to I, scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt, man. Is that yeah. military speak for rumors? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You just took me. You took me back. I had a flashback. Dude, I'm picturing these like manly men just going like, "Hey, man, did you hear the latest scuttlebutt?" <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. That's no, good. So, so there was a uh, there was a rumor. We'll keep it. We'll keep it civilian. Stick stick with scuttlebutt. <laughs> So there was a rumor that we were gonna go to um, to Iraq, and this this is before 9/11. This is like this this is like late 90s, but before you know before 9/11, right? So um, there was rumors that we were gonna go to Iraq, and I just remember going. And I, I was I was getting out in like six months, and I remember going to my CEO at the time and going, "Hey, like if we go, I want to go." And right, like I would, you would never ask yeah, for you a would war, never, yeah. right? And I don't, don't want to go. No, because I would feel like I dodged the bullet. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, absolutely, like dodged, man, like absolutely. In the literal sense, you probably dodged yeah. the bullet, right? Yeah. yeah, and 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 I remember him looking at me, and he goes, "But aren't you getting out in May?" <laughs> and, and I was like, "I was like, yeah, but I go, but if 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 our guys go, if this squadron goes, like, no way that I'm not going." And he kind of looked at me and he, you know, kind of gave me the, the, the half-assed nod and was like, all right, I'm like, all right. Like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, like, all right. And, How do you integrate that into society, man? That kind of camaraderie, that kind of like, no, nah, man, I got his back. Like, I, because you said you, you, I think they start by equalizing you all. And then you integrate it in that sense. It's like, I don't know how to do that other than you stick kids in like a boarding school and everybody's wearing a uniform. And then eventually later on, you find out like the back. Yeah, I don't, you know, it's not, it's not realistic, but you know, it's like. I heard a, there's another podcast that I listen to that I'm a fan of. It's called Secret to Success. And um, those guys are talking about, one of the guys talking about, he grew up in, I believe it was like Lansing, Michigan. And he's he described his neighborhood as being like, like almost like 50 50 down the line like half black half white but like you know like everybody worked for gm and so the the uh the salary the salary levels right were 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 pretty close and everybody kind of lived in the same neighborhoods and they married each other and everybody grew up together they all went to the same schools and he described it as almost like a like a utopia where, where he goes, we, he, he goes, I don't want to say I didn't see color, but I didn't see color. Because they just because saw Because everybody just kind of grew up together and everybody's intermingled and there was, and, and, and there was already interracial families. And, and so this is just the way it is. And again, like you say, how do you, how do you do that? Because in the military, very much to your point, they, they take you, you know, they, they bus you in and it's a bus full of strangers, right? And I'm just, I, I'm just speaking from Marine boot camp. They bust you in at night with strangers and you get off that bus and they shave your head and they strip you of your clothes. And then so now you're all just a bunch of bald headed guys wearing camouflage uniform. And that's yeah. all by design, right? Like you said, even the time you leave so. on the bus, I'm oh, going to assume yeah. it's by design. Like right, the military is hundreds of years of experimentation with this and figuring out what's the best way. And so they must do this for a reason. Yeah. 
And I think building, I have to be willing to die for the guy next to me, right? It's probably like, you know, warfare 101, right? Like if you, at least but with they, boots on the ground, right? You got to But they go. don't tell you that. Correct. You know what I mean? Like they don't, like no one ever comes out and goes, oh, you're fighting for the guy next to you. It's just what happens. Yeah, and I think that's by design, right? Like if I say, hey, I need you to want to be willing to die. I think in our very nature, like for me, like I, I'm an asshole. My first thing is going to be like, I ain't dying for this dude. And now that I know that you're trying to get me to feel that way, like I'll purposely kind of veer off, right? But I think in the way that they do it, you almost, it's almost an organic they they get you there organically where you go like it is and it isn't organic because they go they just put you in a position and they basically like almost ferment this relationship where they go we're gonna make these guys feel this specific way about each other and i think just from a morale perspective it obviously helps on a mission to do anything if these guys like each other right like and if you are willing to go to combat for each other because the last thing you need is like we're out in combat and i'm ah roy's getting shot i'm like ah, fuck roy i didn't like roy anyway you know like you don't want <laughs> he's a dick he's a dick he's so <laughs> so so i I think you almost have to go we how do we build make these guys feel like family and how do you build them how do you get them to build a relationship so all this stuff has to be planned right in the way they get you there yeah I mean, how you meet everything has to be by design and again like this is my perspective right it's just from the from from the marines perspective so um you know they bring they bring in um obviously there's there is there is a lot of um you know individual sort of things that you have to do like where you know whether it's your, your 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 physical fitness or what have you, but the Marines, man, and, and look, shout out to my to my other you know Navy Army, you know brethren out there, but the Marines when when everything is teams, and so while you do have like your individual things that you have to sort of qualify for and you get and you get points on, everything is about the unit. And and it's almost like the 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 you're only as strong as the weakest link. Like they take that shit to another level, and it's really like like you can't. There's there's here's a perfect example. There is a, a course, um, an obstacle course, and it's called the confidence course, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, the obstacles you can't do them by yourself. Like you can't. So it forces it you. is. It, they are physically impossible to do by by yourself so you have to depend on the other person and if you got somebody who's not too big or not too strong or not too fast it doesn't doesn't matter it's like no one gets left behind and everybody has to band together and you know to, to make it through or you, or you just don't make you it just don't make it Man, it's stuff like that that I go, you know, our government gets a, like a bad rap. Uh, uh, I know I definitely am critical of the government because you go, they're like the most inefficient at everything, right? And it doesn't seem like they can do anything right. But you go that when you look at that, like the military and you go, we're so damn good at that. Like, so obviously we're intelligent enough and we have the resources to get good at just about anything. It's just other shit isn't as important as flexing on the rest of the world, right? Our military is no one, no one's gonna mess with the U.S. Right? That's why I laughed at the, earlier this year. I think we even had some jokes about it when, um, when the whole Iran thing was popping off, and people were like, "You're trying to provoke World War Three? I'm, you know, these guys are bullies." I'm like, "No, we're the bullies. We're Ameri- the bullies. Like America's the bullies. No one is going to. This is why we get." snuck on right like america flexes on the rest of the world with our military might like like there's there's zero chance that um 
I mean, I think there's obviously, I guess, like a China and a Russia where you go, you go hand in hand, maybe. But I'm like, we're the world's, we're the world police, right? Like everybody comes to us because it's like, no, no, that's the bully on the playground. Yeah, and I wouldn't even think that you would even put China and Russia in the same in the same conversation because I mean, China will, I mean, their sheer numbers, right? But yeah, but, but I mean, we don't have near that many people. But we would we would do damage. We would do that. Yeah, right? I think like just from a pure technological perspective, and again, it, like this is hundreds of years of experimental. Like, what's the best way to do this? What's the best way to do this? Like when we set our minds to something, man. Like, it, it's it's in it's insane how good we can get at something at, at you know the youngest country in the world. Right? It's it's mind blowing, man. But like. While you're still on the Marine thing, man, I wanted to ask you specifically because I saw you saw the Marines uh, ban the Confederate flags this week. No, and that I didn't was see like that. a thing. No, so I guess you were allowed to have Confederate flags on base and hung up, and there's certain things where I've, the Marine Corps allowed okay, that. So I don't know what bases those are. I've never seen. Them. Yeah, so I guess they didn't have a ban on Confederate flags, so you can have them on your trucks, you can have them on your house, you can have. I think there's even oh, some yeah, things yeah, together. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, 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 I can see that. Yeah, which I, it's funny, man, because I thought about that and I went, oh, I've seen that a few times where someone will put the Marine Corps flag and then like a confederate flag right next to it so this week they i've only ever seen the marine and the american flag but it could be just because of where i hang out yeah, where i yeah, live yeah. right but go ahead but anyway so this week they came out and are banning the confederate flag which i thought was hilarious that i'm like i didn't even know that was like a thing that wasn't banned but then i'm like oh we're in the south so i thought okay maybe it's just southern bases but i guess it's like everywhere i guess it's a thing in, in the yeah, military I mean, I would, or in the marines i shouldn't say that yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I would imagine if it's perhaps somebody from the South who doesn't view and I, and I, and I know people that that uh, that had American, I don't know, they still have, but that had Confederate flags, but don't consider it to be sort of a racist thing. Yeah, they just go like it's kind of like South, like Southern pride. Right, even though it's the excuse. Well, I mean, and, and, and it very well, and it very well could be. Right? I don't know. I don't know what's going on in that individual's yeah. head. Right, but. But that was that was their uh, explanation of it. It was like, ah, oh, it's it's Southern pride, and it was like, yeah, you know, a lot of other people don't really feel that way. Uh, they don't understand, you know, like whatever, yeah. whatever, man. You know what, man? To to each his own. Don't don't tread on me, and we. It's we're like all right. the only thing other than sports. <laughs> it's the only thing that that uh, people uh, uh, display proudly. That was like a loser. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 and no other thing in life are we like, yeah, man, we lost this, but pride to the, you know, it's like, except sports, because we'll just represent our teams blindly, but it's like the only, you know, like, there are countries that don't exist anymore that at some point had a flag, like, no one's putting those up, <laughs> like, because they lost whatever war they were in, right? Like, it's like, it's the only thing we'll, that people will proudly, like, oh, I'm showing the pride in what? Like you lost. Like, what are you proud of? Like, like, I, I never understood that, man. When I hear people like, "Oh, I'm showing Southern pride." Like, you guys lost that war, right? I know it doesn't feel like it down here, but you lost that. War. Yeah, they they lost it, but the change was real slow. Yeah, exactly. They're like, "Did we though?" <laughs> I mean, they went home. Doesn't really feel like we lost. Yep. I still feel the same. I don't know if you watch the news, boy. <laughs> <laughs> we feel successful <laughs> not this week sucker <laughs> oh man it's been wild dude oh gosh man though you know what and and um to play you know with, with all this stuff going on in the past week and i, I like what you said of is that this thing it does feel different it really feels different than anything that i that i've ever seen in my lifetime um and the fact that 
it's not just like you mentioned the corporations, right? The corporations coming out publicly and, and, and giving funds to some of these groups that are trying to, to battle systemic racism and inequality. Um, but man, the world stage. Yeah. The world stage, right? Like countries, like there's there's protests in other countries. Like I, I was I was shocked. Yeah. yeah I, no, I, I was really too. was. I was shocked and I was and I was like, you know what, man? Like this this just shows how like how global everything is right now and how there's nothing hidden and and is and and it's not like, well, it's not happening in my backyard, so I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. It's like people are really stepping up and 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 making their voices heard. And I think, man, I saw uh, you know, like you said, Great Britain and New Zealand and I mean all these countries just Australia. Doing, yeah, it, France, it was yeah, really cool crazy. to see. And someone and I'm not profound enough to come up with this on my own, but someone said like this isn't a moment, it was a movement. And this is what kind of and this is why I felt like uh, you know, with all these countries kind of dipping in, it's like, wow, th- this is different. And I, I like seeing that all week, I went, Man, I'm I'm I hope I'm wrong, I might be wrong. Uh uh it certainly feels that way. I'm like, this is gaining traction. You even saw you know, all these companies Jordan, who stays out of anything Dude. controversial, a hundred mil. I mean, and it's a hundred mil over ten years, so it's not like he's writing checks. But a hundred million, million is a lot of money. Year, yeah, it's man. ten million bucks a year. And I went, you know, that's the first time. Well, first of all, I go uh, obviously. Uh, if you buy Jordans and you're not pro-black or pro whatever, like I don't know, that there are many of those, right? So I don't know that it's a risky move from a corporate perspective because I would argue that uh, you know, like I'd buy Jordans, um, but I think people who would buy Jordans probably aren't racist, right? Because um, you're not going to buy the sneakers from a black guy, right? So, um, so I don't think there's a risk surprised. there, right? But yeah, yeah, you know what? Because I think that it's not, it's 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 not. I don't, I don't, maybe it's not seen as it's really, you know, a black guy. It's Michael Jordan. He kind of transcends yeah. that. And then it's like the, you know, like the symbol, you know, is it Jordan? Is it not? When were you born? Did you even realize that, you know, were you around during that time? Like, I don't know. I can see people, I can see people, whether they're racist or not, like yeah. buying the shoe. But I thought, you know, it was, so what stood out to me was, and I obviously on the heels of this whole documentary and you, we, uh, you know, we always talked about, I think Jordan feels guilty and feels, you know, you can see it. And, and again, and how he when, when they talked a lot about how he was perceived, um, which he was worried about, which he was worried about, clearly. Right. You know, as for the break and stuff, I think this him giving money stepping in, I think you're going to see a lot more of this from Jordan. I wouldn't be shocked to see him speak on politics now and, and maybe he won't go all in. But I think certainly when it comes to racial tensions and, and maybe having um, being uh, socially aware of things going on, um, I think you'll see this because I think. Uh, I think Jordan's past the I want to look like this and I want to sell shoes and I want to be this brand and I want to I think now Jordan's worried about what's my legacy as a human being right. because you can sell and I think we'd all grip with that right I think you, you're gonna you know I don't know what it's like to be 50 something years old the Jordan or almost 60 and being at the top of the world from an athletic standpoint and then staring at your mortality you know obviously he's still a young guy had a lot of life ahead of him yeah. but I think if he looks back and goes yeah man this was really cool and I'm perceived as a shitty human being you know, from all these people that I spent most of my life building this dynasty essentially with, right? Like his teammates, again, you know, I don't think he's friends with any of them. I don't think he's not hanging out with GMs from back then, certainly your head coaches or whatever. So I think he's, I think now he's going, man, I'm, I'm lonely. Right. And, and I'm looked at, at this way and that's going to be my legacy is now this documentary comes out. And I think it was very truthful. And maybe for him, it was even a look back where he's going. I didn't even realize that at the time. Right. And and so I think you'll see this from him because I think he wants to change uh, a little bit of the perception of who he is. 
Well, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, if, if he actually does come out and, and voice his political opinion. Because, you know, like, um, I, heard, I heard Trump, and I don't know if it was this past week or the week prior, um, he called that, that Antifa group, yeah. which is basically like an anti-fascist group, right? Um, so if you guys, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's, it's almost, like a, almost like a far left movement, right? Um, so he called them terrorists. But he's never come out and called any of like the like the white supremacy the white groups, supremacy yep. groups terrorists. Like he's never done that. And 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 smart on his point, right? Because a lot of those guys supported him. It's his base, right? Yep. And so it'll be interesting to see somebody like Jordan, who's never taken a political stance and is now kind of coming out. And we don't know why, right? But for whatever reason, he's coming out and he's and he's and he's giving money to these organizations that are that are fighting systemic racism, but to support a candidate, right? Or to not support a candidate, and that'd be interesting to see. That'd be, yeah, I think you know what's crazy is I I um one of the things that this week man got uh, got me thinking too uh, with with Trump was that I have never in my lifetime, and I don't think anyone has ever seen. Um, people speak out against the president there's always people who speak out against the president because he's not your party right but i think across party lines even in corporate america i've never seen corporations literally come out and go now that guy's a dumbass i've seen them question policies right i've seen them question um you know uh, maybe certain speeches or moves i've never seen people come out like the way they're coming out now and i never thought it happened to a president of the united states where in droves people come out and just go like yeah this guy's a useless asshole or you know and they go and they go in like i've seen people like ceos of massive corporations just go in on donald trump and i'm like wow i never thought in my lifetime that you would see people um speak out against a president a sitting president certainly and and especially the, especially the 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 guys that have benefited for from yeah. some of his policies right with with with, with businesses yeah the one percenters who yeah, yeah right like you and and but but they're coming out i mean even this week was it was it uh colin powell that came out yep and Mitt romney George Bush, (laughs) dude, all of them have come out, you know, his own party, a big, you know, the Bushes for, you know, and I think now what will come out from Red Team is that like, ah, we didn't like Bush anyway. Like, you know, they'll change their narrative on Bush, but he's a revered family in the Republican Party. Right. And uh, to see him speak out and go, no, I'm not going to be endorsing Donald Trump, a sitting Republican president that you go, you, you, we, my party can hold the office for the next four years. And I'm going, nah. Not that guy. That's insane, man. I never thought I'd see that um, uh, ever and not in droves. Like you always have the one off. Right. But, you know, Colin Powell is well respected in that party, you know, did well for him to come out and just go, nope, I'm not doing that. And Mitt Romney, man, I I, I got to you know, Mitt Romney had that gaffe when he was running. And I remember at the time when, when Mitt was running, uh, thinking like, yeah, he's electable. Like, you know, Mitt, Mitt was an electable guy. Um, and then the whole thing came out with the speech and, and he made some racist comments and it wasn't supposed to come out. And you go, oh, there goes that guy, you know, like, and, and he pretty much said something that we all kind of figured, right, that he would say. But, you know, we didn't really. But also, man, I think that, you know, yes, he was electable. Obama was taking it. Yes. No matter what. Oh, yeah. I won money off that. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. There was no way Listen. he was losing that election. No, no, for sure. But I remember, like, you couldn't hate Mitt Romney. Like you're going, uh, no, the guy's reasonable. He makes good points. He, you know, does stuff. Um, yeah, Obama was winning that by a landslide. It was never in doubt. Um, 
you know, for again, uh, politics aside, uh, one of the most charismatic leaders we've ever had, well-spoken, didn't embarrass you, zero, uh, you know, you can question, go back and question maybe some policy decisions for sure, like you can with anyone, but um, it doesn't get more presidential when someone walks into a room than Barack Obama. Yeah, I, I don't I don't care what anyone says. Um, and so I think to to admit again ran against him. He didn't make Mitt look like an idiot. Mitt Mitt was and Obama was a, a formidable opponent. He, you know, you get into a a debate with Obama, you better be really smart and you got to be able to hold your own. And Mitt did. And I remember going like, eh, you know, anyone other than Obama, I'm like, because I did like him at the time. I'd go, I'd probably vote for that guy. Like like Mitt was okay. And then that stuff came out and obviously you know took a tank from then. But to see him this week out in protests. Um, yeah. wearing mask and holding up the Black Lives Matter sign. And, I, and I'll tell you why I think it means more coming from Mitt. Mitt represents Utah. There's not a whole lot Just, of black people in Utah. I think we had a prior episode <laughs> where we <laughs> talked about Utah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a handful of black people in Utah. They all play for the Jazz, right? Like, they're, 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 other than that, like, they're only there because they play for the Utah Jazz. Like, other than that. And for Mitt to come out, again, you're not pandering to your base because that's not so, you know, I always look at, the, OK, what's to gain from this? And obviously, uh, unless Mitt wants to come out and run for president again someday or something, which I don't think he does. It sounds like he had a terrible time the first time. I didn't want to do it. Um, I, again, seemed like a genuine move. And you go, that's so anti the party and so against anything that would be beneficial to you from a political standpoint in Utah. Um you know, I, I I saw that and I went, wow, that's cool. And again, it's just another one of those examples where I went, this is different, man. This is different because people like Mitt Romney. I even saw uh, who's the guy from here, man. Um, not our governor, but um, Marco Rubio uh, posted oh, he something. He wasn't out, but he but he made the statement saying, um, if anyone in your society feels like they're not treated equal, basically, like it's a problem. Like um, so, and I can't. And I think I actually saved the quote because I I, I saw it and I remember being um, like I just shocked a that it came from him. Um, but is that like a roundabout way of saying all lives matter? I think so. So he, here's what he said. Yeah. Uh, so he goes. It comes down to this. No nation can prosper and thrive if a significant percentage of her people believe their lives are valued less than the lives of everyone else. So I took that as, hey, man, like, it doesn't matter if you agree or not. If that group of people, a large group of people that make up a, a, a big part of our population feel that way, shut up and listen. Like, that's how I took that. And so I think, again, coming from someone like Marco Rubio, who for the state of Florida, you don't really need um, as much as people will say, oh, God, there's a lot of minorities here. Uh, Florida's pretty um, outside of Orlando and, and, and Tampa and Miami. The rest of Florida's not very minority friendly right so like we know we go on a long drive and you're going from here to miami what, what about Jacksonville? yeah you, oh <laughs> okay jackson we'll throw jacksonville in there jacksonville is diverse but if i drive from here to miami i don't stop at any rest stops that uh in certain cities <laughs> i don't pull at any gas stations between there because i'm not welcome there <laughs> so i stay in my lane <laughs> i think if you travel to turnpike you're safe yeah yeah, yeah, it's probably probably true. You stay out of these little side roads where they people are selling oranges or whatever in the out of the back of the trucks and in some town that I can't pronounce the name of. Yeah, it's probably probably safe bet. Yeah, man, this is wild, dude. I saw um, I don't know if this kid named uh, I think his name is Mikey Williams, uh, but I don't even know how old this kid is, man. He's like fourteen or something, fifteen, and he's considered the next big thing in basketball. 
and he's um I think he's he's there. Oh, I've seen no, him on my, ESPN. My kids told me about this kid. Dude, he's nasty. Watch just watch some YouTube videos. He's nasty and to, and to be that nasty at that age is crazy. But so he came out and he said um uh you know like these kids like to troll on 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 social media so we'll see if if he actually comes through but um he said, "Huh, an HBCU might be pretty cool." And then they asked him about it in a historically black college for those that don't know. So he goes um he and when I asked him about it, he goes It'd be really cool if um, he's like, obviously, you know, there's a lot of uh, hype around me and all that stuff. If I could have my people profit from me, you know, instead of going to a traditional basketball powerhouse. Right. And I went, man, that would change if this kid is as good as they and they, and they think he is. If this kid is as good as they as they think he is, because he's like the next Zion or LeBron or whatever. Um, that changes the landscape to me of college basketball, certainly because, you know, again, we go back to the economics. If someone like him goes, nope, I'm going to go to a historically black college. I'm not going to go to North Carolina. I'm not going to go to Duke. I'm not going to go, um, you know, Louisville, Kentucky, whatever. I'm going to go here. How many kids follow then? Because now this school is now their ratings go up. Now they're getting TV deals. Now they're right. getting you can shift the entire landscape of college economics by just doing that. I, I thought it was, I looked at that and I'm like, man, that's not being talked about enough because again, Duke will be Duke. And as long as Mike Krzyzewski is at Duke, he's not going to have trouble recruiting 10 kids to come play for him who are, who are top in the country. No doubt. Right. Mike Krzyzewski is only coaching for a few more years. Like, um, so this kid comes out four years from now or three years from now. And he goes, I'm going to historically black college. And now other kids go, you know what? I'm going to take, so am I, so am I. And now all of those dollars that were going to Kentucky, that were going to Louisville, that were going to all these Midwest schools who were basketball powerhouses, you go, wow, that, that I think that shifts the entire college landscape. And it certainly changes the economics for these schools who, um, who probably don't make that much off of sports currently. But then you wonder, how does that translate to into the rest of the sports? Because then it only takes one major college football recruit. Um, you know, and obviously in football, there's more people. So it's not as impactful. I think basketball, because it's such a small team, it's more impactful when one guy, because one guy on your team changes your team in basketball. Yes. You don't do that in football, right? Unless he's, he's a quarterback. Um, and even then it's, you, you can't change everything, but yeah, I'm like, man, this guy, this changes the economics of college sports if he follows through, because I go, if he commits, right. And he's six months out and other kids haven't made a decision, they go, well, damn, I want to play against that guy and get a national TV deal. And if he's doing it, how will I look if I don't do it? And I do have an offer from a historically black college, you know, I think, and, and they're going to get into the whole paying these kids and whatever, and they'll figure that out. And what if a historically black college goes, yeah, guess what? We're going to let you make money off your likeness, which I think the NCAA is allowing. It's already going to, yes, right, they're going to do it. But then they go, we'll give you a stipend and they'll figure out a way to change rules to go. We won't pay you a salary per se, but we'll make it worthwhile for you to come here. And I think honestly, man, as a, I think for all of us, as a my minority or even as uh, whatever club or, or class in society you belong to, if you can have your people benefit from something that you're really good at, I think you take it, man. I think in the past, it's yeah, always- it feels good. Correct. Yeah. I think in the past, it's always been a, please pick me, right? Like, I think if you're, if you're this kid in the past, it was like, oh my God, if Duke would pick me or if North Carolina would pick me, I think now it's shifting. It's going, no man, like I'm good enough to play anywhere. I know that. So- what are you doing for me and where can I go that's going to be helpful? Because in today's day and age, I don't need to go to Duke anymore to get on TV, right? I, I got YouTube. I've got online. So now I can go, where can I go to make the most impact both socially, right? Uh, and and help out my people. But that's what I want to help out. Uh, and I think this changes a lot, man. I, I don't know. They got enough press this week. I went, that's big. If he follows through with that and he said he will, that shifts, I think, college sports. They may not do it year one. 
but I think people will follow suit. That'd be crazy. So the other thing that came out this year was um, the NBA taking kids out of high school and putting them in like whatever, what is it, the, the G League, the, the G League, whatever the hell league it is, right? But, so dumb. But they're gonna pay them, mm-hmm. right? So it's yeah. like, don't go to college. You know, you know that your ultimate goal is to be here. You're good enough. Don't go to Europe. Don't go to Australia, right? Don't go overseas to to play. We're gonna pay you to do to to be here. So it'll be interesting to to see, you know, because something like that, like to to go to a historically black college, um, instead of a major university, and instead of the NBA, again, I'm gonna get this wrong, right? G League, I think B it League, is G League, whatever yeah, it is, right? right? Yep. Not to go to any of those, to make that that would be making a stand, right? Making a stand and just doing doing what you believe rather than doing maybe what is uh, most financially beneficial to you and your family. Yep. And that, that, that would be huge, man, because, you know, a lot, a lot of these kids are coming from households that, that don't make, you know, a, a, a good enough income, and, and they're going to be like the breadwinners. They're going to take care of their family. Yep. And take care of their family, man. And I think they're, they, this day and age, this generation, man, doesn't care. Um you know, it's funny. I think so. We knocked this generation for being self-absorbed. Right. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I don't know why I'm weird, but I, I think this generation is less self-absorbed than ours was. And I say ours kind of mean you like I'm at the I guess I'm technically considered a millennial. Right. But I don't feel all the way there. Like I can kind of relate to both thoughts. Right. Both schools of thought. But if you look at uh, growing up, like we all wanted to have the cool car right in high school because we wanted people to see us and we wanted to have a stereo system and we wanted to have rims on our car. We wanted this and that and and everything was like flashy. Like we wanted this clothes because it was we wanted the latest Jordans. Right. You look at this generation, man. Anytime I talk to anyone, even my brother, my brother's eight years younger than me. And uh, my brother's never was the I want a cool car show off. He was never the I need that, you know, like they're sneaker heads, but it was never like I can't show up to school with with Payless or whatever. Like this generation was consciously moved to no we got to take care of the earth no we can't keep eating animals no we can't keep doing like they thought about everything except for themselves almost like we were always concerned with the me 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 i want big trucks we were driving hummers we're doing this and then this generation came along and just went i think the reason people call themselves absorbed these ways because they put an end to the status quo and said no 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 like i'm not doing what you want me to do and i think you know, and it shows and and the things that they've monetized. Like, you know, you used to say, don't play games all day. And now this kid's going like, but the kid who just won Fortnite made $3.5 million went into, why can't I play games all day? Like, if that's what makes me happy and I can make a living and I can do, like, I think what happened was they took control and then they, and then, you know, like the old school us wanted to be like, stop doing that. You're doing, that's not how you get ahead. And then they started getting ahead and you're like, well, shit, like, and then we were mad because we didn't think about it. So then you go, these entitled kids, they only think about themselves. It's like, yeah. And they figured it out and they had empathy for the rest of the world. Like, right. Like they, they, the, again, like kids are driving Priuses. I would have clowned you in my high school if you showed up with a Prius, right? Because it was what we did. Like in this generation, it became like, they'll clown you because you're, you drive a gas guzzler. Like who cares that much? And these kids do. And I, it's crazy. Like I think about it, I'm going, we have this backwards. Like they care more about, I think, uh, of course, there's some uh, sense of self. Uh, uh, um, I don't. I don't want to say pan, but I think there's some. Obviously, you everything you do. You know, when people, some people act for charity and they just want the, the pat on the back, right? So I think there's some of that. Um, but I think there's an authenticity to this group and and taking control of kind of their own end game that we despise because we wish we thought about it or we wish we did it. 
it's crazy, man, to see that. I'm like, yeah, they might be the least. And so these generations going, nah, you know what? We're going to HBCU because uh, that's going to matter more uh, from from a society perspective. So we're going to go ahead and do that. Where, you know, this generation, obviously generations before it paved the way, right, for gay rights. But you had this generation who was willing to go out and protest even if they weren't gay and go, nope, nope, we're going to go and riot and protest with you because they cared. We're like, our generation wasn't doing that. Um, these new kids went like, what's the cause now? Like, you feel left out? We'll join you. Like, you, we would have never done that. Like, we called them hippies. Remember, like, back in the days, like, all oh, these hippies, they want this. Right now, this generation can almost always unify on a cause. Like, you know, I clown vegans all the time because I go, it's just the latest, greatest. Like, it's a fad. But I go, but they also again, came together and thought, you know, whether you became a vegan because of a health thing or because of a, a, a socially, a, a social thing, because of you didn't like how the animals are being treated, whatever. I go, we didn't think that way. We were going, we were so selfish, man. I'm just like, I, I know I was, I, that wasn't ingrained in me at all. And it's cool to see that now. Man. But you know what? I also think that, so I, I'll go back to when I was a kid. It, it, no one was thinking about that. I didn't even know what the hell a vegan was or even if that if, if that was even a thing when I was growing up, right? Like it was, it wasn't anything that anyone was bringing to light. And 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 possibly because, listen, the, the, the internet has, has expanded all of our, you know, views and, and, and the things that, you know, we're exposed to. And so now, I mean, you could be, you could be championing something that is, you know, oppressing somebody halfway across the world. Whereas before this, you know, you go back to, I'll just go back to the 80s, right? Like, if it's not happening in your backyard, it's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah, we didn't care. And it's it's uh, it's cool to see, man. I think people clown the future generations. And I, I mean, I look at my kids and I go, you know, sometimes you're like, God, how these kids make it through this far? Like, you got to remind them to breathe sometimes. But because they feel almost self-absorbed and in their own little world and they've got all these things going on. I go, but there is zero doubt that these kids are smarter and are going to solve more problems than we did and are going to be more empathetic. I think because they have the information, to your point, they have all this information now and they know that, hey, someone in the Congo is being oppressed because of X, Y, Z. And I think they they have the empathy now to go, oh, that's not right. Let's uh, let's go let's over there. Go do let's, that. let's go do that. And um, and I know for sure when I grew up, we weren't thinking about that at all. You know, we we, we were the the epitome of bullying and like the the I had a shitty time in school getting picked on when I was younger. I know that. So like just to see that now you go. Yeah, you know, I think we got it all wrong. I think we're probably the ones that were self-absorbed and these guys are undoing it and we didn't like it because we're looking at it going, shit, they got a point. <laughs> and it makes us feel shitty about ourselves. So we're like, okay. No, it's, a, it's a good perspective. I, I, this week, um, and I had my whole family sit down and watch uh, Selma, which is, oh, yeah. right? So so the the movie about uh, Martin Luther King when they when they march from, from Selma, Alabama to Montgomery. And... Um, and they had to do that. So they basically, like, they, long story short, right, they they marched, um, they got across a bridge, and they got turned back, right? They got turned back with, with tear gas and baton beatings and whatever. And then um, Martin Luther King was not part of that march, but then he joins the second one. But before it, he actually calls out. Um, he calls out to, like, the clergymen, and, 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 and so priests and and you know religious leaders let's just say priests but the religious leaders um from around the u.s show up along with a bunch of other white people 
right, that go, that actually saw the original march on TV and saw the beatings and was like, whoa, wait a minute, that's not right. It's kind of like what we saw recently with, with George Floyd, right? Not knowing anything about George Floyd, we just go, man, that's wrong. And so I'm just, I'm just happy to see that, it, that, that as a world, not as a people, as a, as a world, as a species, man, that, that, that a lot of people have stepped up and, and, and just done their part to make their voice heard. Yeah, 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 man. It's, it's, it's been really cool to see. And like you said, I think watching that and watching half of the world get up and go, wow, uh, Justin Trudeau from Canada, if you guys get a chance, go watch. Uh, Justin Trudeau's um, kind of response. Someone asked him about a about the Trump uh, Bible thing. Um, you know, oh, yeah, Trump with yeah. the photo op. Anyway, uh, Justin Trudeau takes about twenty two seconds. Someone asks him the question. He takes twenty two seconds to answer. Just complete silence. Sits there and just thinks and thinks. And came out with a super articulate, very smart, very well thought out something that again you look at that and you go, that's the leader. That, that that's a leader that's a leader that that if that's someone that who's running a country and you go and i don't know what his politics are i don't know what parties are in canada i don't give a shit i i i think you look at someone like that and you go i'd follow that guy just based on the on the comments and how he handled it and agree or disagree you went he's someone who showed empathy at the time who who, who just spoke i mean uh so profoundly about it it was really cool so if you guys get a chance definitely look that up i mean um i i it was awesome i remember looking at it going man what's it like to have a well-spoken leader like that and just like i remember those days <laughs> it's been a long time so there's been there's been a bunch of changes in the, yeah. in the last couple of weeks one of which that caught my eye which i was really surprised about it was almost like a like a like a really like that wasn't already in place and it was in dallas so they adopted a duty to intervene into their police force which basically said if you if you're a cop and you're there and some shit is going on that if a guy can't breathe, it is your duty to intervene. How is that not a fucking I, thing? Yeah. Isn't that, that a that thing in society? A, I mean, I thought. Isn't like, that, that a like, thing in society? I mean, listen, f- forget, about, f- forget about police officers. Let's just go to the normal workplace, just, right? Just, if you see someone in the workplace doing something really stupid that could get somebody hurt, and no one's and, and and people stand around and go, oh, I'm just gonna watch them. Yeah, that's like, really? Like you had to put a rule in about that? Like why is that not? Like, uh, bro, I'm, my my mind was blown when I saw that. I, I go, I didn't. I thought that was like unwritten rule. Yeah, I thought that was common sense, right? Because society tells you to behave that way, right? <laughs> wow, bro, dude, I'm here for those world star videos when they come out of cops just beating up on each other in uniform <laughs> like when the first time one of these comes out oh man that's good. the cop is oh dude i that's nuts because i you dude you think about i kept you know again you you try to empathize with police officers and they are there are a lot of good ones out there and you, you hate to discredit them and um I, but it just takes me back to the old chris rock joke where uh chris rock has this bit where the the few bad apples right quote unquote and uh and he goes it's the only profession that that you know like there are certain professions out there you're not allowed to have a few bad apples right and he goes like you know what if you had a a pilot and and you know american airlines or i can't remember the exact bit uh, I, Hope you know. I don't want to disrespect Chris Rock, one of the greatest. No, but. no, but he said something like, "Yeah, you know, like 
we only have we have a few bad apples yeah you know some of them don't like to land yeah some of them don't like <laughs> and you think about that and you go he's so right like what there is i think there are jobs in this country that there's zero margin for error and police officer believe it or not should be one of them because then i started thinking about other professions that i go where where's the margin of error very slim right and you go what if a firefighter showed up to your house and is like yeah i don't feel safe going in there uh, and you know, if you're trapped and your kids upstairs or whatever in a burning building and they're like, nah, I don't think I'm going to, I don't feel right. I don't feel safe. So I'm just going to go ahead and bow out of that one. Like, and, and no other profession is the excuse. I didn't feel safe or not acceptable. And not to say that cops don't feel safe, but I go, that's inherently what you accept when you take that job, right? It's that you are there to protect and serve. And, and sometimes that means that you're in a risky situation and, you know, you would hope that you never have to use force and you and you hope that it isn't used on you. But I think you kind of sign up for that. And then I started thinking, sorry, I went down this rabbit hole of what countries don't allow cops to carry guns. And then I went uh, and I looked this up. It's like Britain, you know, New Zealand, Iceland. And I go, what happens when those guys don't feel safe? And, and then it took me to the again, there's so many layers and nuance to this entire thing where you go, oh, well, they're not going into a scenario. You know, like if you take a routine traffic stop, if you're in the UK, you're not worried that this guy has a gun because we don't allow guns in the UK. You, they are, but they're allowed at a at a range, at a like a club, like a, like a country club almost. You can have it in a locker there and there's all these other different rules. And you went, oh, okay, so because nobody else carries guns, the cops don't feel like they're being threatened going into a scenario. The worst case, the worst thing this guy's going to do is beat me up. Because then I started thinking, if you're a female, police officer in the uk right and they give you a little baseball bat to walk around with and go hey if somebody and there's like a 300 pound man and you're this 120 pound uh female police officer right you're not allowed to go like oh, i was threatened for my life like you're just they gave you this stick like you're just going to beat somebody with it and hope for the best call for backup but you don't hear of many cops getting killed you don't hear of uh, and i go there's something to that right like there's another layer of this and whether it's you know, and, and i don't know what the answer is to gun control again i'm not smart enough to figure that out but you go that's another layer of this where you go okay well cops don't feel safe well why don't they feel safe well because we have a shit ton of citizens walking around with guns that probably shouldn't have some huh okay and then you go how do you solve that and then what what does that solve you know like how does that solve then mass shootings does that solve now cops not feeling like they're gonna get shot does that like you know and obviously the nra has just had so much political power in this country that you, you, we won't even allow ourselves that conversation but i'm wondering if that one's next right like we thought none of this would ever change but you go shit man this generation might be the one to go all right man we got equal rights what's up what's next and you go you know, it only takes, you know, you figure if this, hopefully this makes traction and we make a lot of changes and then it takes the next mass shooting where then people are going to go, all right, man, how do you fix enough, that? Like right. Enough is enough. Um, and you're going to start to take, I think that's going to be the next big thing that will shock me if now you start to see politicians stand up against the NRA and things like that, because you go, you know, obviously there's there's um, responsible gun owners out there, but there's clearly a disparity here and it's also so, leading to this issue. And let's be clear, man, there are a lot of responsible For gun sure. owners, right? Absolutely. So like this is not, you know, I don't I don't think that I don't know if gun control is is the answer, but I but I see your point and and I could I could definitely see you know at at some point something big happening again like another mass shooting, right? Cuz it would just be it's kind of like with the George Floyd. George Floyd was almost like the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. There was there was many things that led up to you know when when that happened. And so the same thing could uh, could eventually happen with this. It could be yet another mass shooting, right? And something that something that someone films, and 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 the world sees it. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I think it took that, right? It took that moment that um that um at that time and place and where we are now to to uh, you, like you said you hate to to use the term kind of sacrificial lamb but hopefully his um his death didn't go in vain, right? Like it leads to all these changes. I think just just to touch on the gun thing one more time is I think you know, like you said, there are tons of responsible gun owners out there, and, and we know tons. We have friends who have guns, and I've shot guns, I think. Um, but one of the things that always shocks me, I tell people all the time, the first time I ever went to a gun range, never touched a gun in my life. And um, and I go there, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, fill out this paperwork, and it's basically I'm checking a box that says I'm not crazy. And then you sign this other stuff, you give me your ID. And then he goes like, well, what do you want to shoot? And then you pick. And then they go, well, have you ever shot before? I'm like, no. And the guy goes, literally goes, well, you pull here, you do this, you stuff this there, blah, blah, goes back, you know, try it out. If you have any problems, give us a call. And handed me a basket with guns and two boxes of ammo. And I was like, what? This is the greatest country in this the world. This is, this really is, man. <laughs> the best country in the freaking world. Like, this is the only country where that's possible. Like, only country in the world where that's possible. I was like, this is fantastic. I remember doing it, shooting, going, this doesn't even feel safe for me. Like, like I don't, I felt bad for the people next to me. I'm shooting, I almost smacked myself in the forehead trying to hold this thing right. Like, I was, it was just so bad, man. Like, I, like, but I remember going like, I had to check a box that said I wasn't crazy. I wonder if crazy people know not to check that box. Like, like oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> Good thing you had that question there. <laughs> Like, oh man, I, I gotta go back and find it. I wonder if I, they gave me a copy of that thing, but I, it's literally like a thing going like, you're not schizophrenic or like, hey, you know, like check here to ensure you don't have any mental illness and all that stuff. I'm like, do mentally people, do mentally ill people know that they're mentally ill? I'm you should have, you should have went do. back and said, how many people check yes to this? Yeah, it's <laughs> a good point. I should have like, hey man, how often do you get a yes? Or just to mess with him, like, hey man, which one of my personalities are you asking this question? <laughs> <laughs> the one that's here today because he's in the clear <laughs> it's so nuts to me man i was like wow that shit was easy man so oh that's so crazy man so nuts man but um yeah man uh how we doing on time dude we're an uh, hour and 13 in all right we should yeah. probably we probably should probably wrap, this, wrap up. this up yeah yeah yo once again once again everybody that's that's been uh checking us out we really really appreciate you um, hit us up, leave comments. I mean, if you want to hear us talk about something else or if you're getting bored with us, that's, that's cool too. <laughs> um, we're going to do this shit regardless. So, you know, yep. but, but we, but, but we love, we, we love seeing that, you know, people make, uh, leave comments for us on the Instagram page or we're on YouTube now too. So, um, just appreciate you guys. Yeah, hell yeah, man. At, at the Carbon Footprint on uh, Instagram, uh, the Carbon Footprint Podcast on YouTube. Um, yeah, man. Shout, shout out to you guys sending us questions and and putting comments and and it's calling, man. I've had a lot of support from family and friends and and people I worked with and whatever. Just 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 telling us like, hey, man, I listen. Uh, you guys are clowns. I, I love it. Or like, you know, it, it sounds like we're back at the office and you know what? And that was uh, the idea behind this whole thing was, man, we just wanted to shoot the shit. Uh, like we normally do and record it and so um, yeah this is awesome man shout out to you guys thank you Uh, follow us see y'all next week man peace peace